sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by uh, a man uh, recently put on retainer uh, by uh, the McCloskey family. You'll be you'll be seeing him a lot on Fox News, uh, other you know MSNBC, I'm sure, CNN, all your favorite news stations here. Uh, it's Tony. What's going on, dude? Look, you, you obviously have no idea how this lawyering business works. Or should I say, being like a con man lawyer. I'm, I'm in the elite of that. I'm like your Alan Dershowitz type. You sign an exclusive news <laughs> yeah. deal and you sign it with one network and one ne- network only. Did you want to take a guess at what that network is, sir? You know what? I couldn't get past your tweets that just said C slash Windows slash pictures slash not guilty slash uh, flight logs to little St. James dot JPEG. <laughs> but I don't know. Did you say anything else about what network you're going to be on or something? At this time, I cannot comment about the uh, vacation I took to little St. James Island. <laughs> All you need to know is that I was well relaxed before I hopped on that plane. Um, but yeah. I have... <laughs> Did he say anything where he's like, yeah, I wanked it before I got on the plane? I, I think I missed that. <laughs> I, I, was, yeah. I was just making reference to a current saxophone player, former husband of a vice president, uh, a presidential candidate who had a massage before taking a flight to Little St. James Island. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm fam- familiar with this, yes. Okay. I didn't want to get sued. As you know, I'm a lawyer. I know about getting sued. I would love for us to get sued. If somebody would like to sue the Beer Engine podcast, please, please let me know. Show at gmail.com if you want to sue us. Look, I've got my... Go ahead, Tony. So what network are you signed up with? Come on. One American News. Come on. Oh, yeah. Who else was I going to sign up with? Yeah, we love them. You and my fellow Mike Mike Gundy, is he the guy that was wearing the uh, shirt, the coach of... Uh, one of the college, Oklahoma State. I have no idea, but there was only going to be two networks I signed with and it was going to be One American News or it was going to be RT. They are the two genuine networks along with the outstanding news organisation that is the Epoch Times. They are not fake news. They are real news. Yeah, I'm on staff at the Babylon Bee, I think, <laughs> if, if anyone knows what that is. Yeah, um, Tony, uh, it's been a... a uh, Remarkably depressing day here in the United States. Uh, you've been you've been fast asleep while um, all all anything interesting that happened in the U.S. from like a entertainment standpoint. So meaning you know sports and in my case the NBA, uh, the players have uh, called a wildcat strike. I would call it, um, although ESPN is framing it as a boycott, which of course we have to use the language of consumption to frame labor, which. You know, we're not. I'm not even going to get into that in this podcast. But um, how can they boycott something that they're the the employee? Boycott is boycott is when I'm like, oh, I am not going to go to Chick Fil A anymore. You know, yeah. that's me boycotting, right? And I'm and I'm a wiener, and they're still going to get rich, right? It doesn't achieve anything. Yeah, going on strike now. That's different. Yeah, yeah. A boycott is when you have a problem with French fries. And you go on Fox News and you scream about how they should be called Freedom Fries. That's right. 
not even a boycott, but that's how Bill O'Reilly framed it. It's the Nike thing. Yeah, that's boycotting. The um, but oh, the uh, but the yeah, what the yeah, exactly what the NBA what the NBA players did is they went they they went on strike. Um, so certainly uh, the official stance of the beer engine pod did not consult Tony on this, but the official stance of the beer engine podcast is to stand with labor. So um, I will uh, uh, make sure that that's clear. And if you would like to challenge me, please email me beer engine show at gmail.com. And if you'd like to sue me or um, if you'd like to call us names, I would love to read it online. What names you want to call me? That'd be excellent to me. So feel free to send, send something over and let, and let me know what kind of an asshole I am or something. Tony? I would like to go against your stance, but I can't. I think this is finally a bunch of um, privileged in relative terms um, people actually making a stance that that it can have some impact on themselves, but also brings greater sort of focus on this issue. We have no NBA for a night. That is better than than T-shirts. It's better than than LeBron speaking out, or or even the players' union speaking out, or or whoever it may be. This actually brings focus onto this particular issue, which is a really important issue. That I think there needs to be a genuine discussion in all countries. I, I'm not going to say that Australia is any different to that. We don't have the gun issue in our police aren't as gun happy as yours, but it certainly doesn't mean there's inequalities within our policing system and especially with deaths of Indigenous people within Australia. That's certainly a problem. And for a um, workforce that is um, predominantly um, affected by these things, it's important for them to stand up and do that. So I 100% agree with your stance and, yeah, sorry to be, be all serious there for a minute. Yep. Hey, I felt like uh, that was the uh, very, very least thing is uh, make make it a point to recognize that you and I are <clears throat> in support of uh, of pretty much uh, labor at all times, but certainly in this case where you know it's it's people who have been directly affected by the absolute worst. Um, you know, our, uh, we'll just call them the roving uh, armed roving government sponsored militia that are uh, roving the streets and shooting people at, at will, namely, mainly black people, of course. Absolutely. Um, well, the, I could go into the whole history of policing in both England and America, but, yeah, to say it uh, has um, changed its spots is to be incorrect at all. But uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's working exactly as it, as it was designed to. Yep, so, absolutely. Uh, we'll leave – we'll um, – We'll hop. Uh, uh, we'll make sure to point. Hey, if you if you wanted to get, avoid that, you could have fast forwarded to right here, but it's too late now. So here you are, um, Tony. Uh, I saw that you you mentioned before the show that you were checking beers in, which I of course respect. The morning after check in, uh, <laughs> big fan of that. Uh, actually, I love doing that at a beer fest where. Kelly and I are laying uh, kind of like glazed over uh, staring at like a morning news show in the middle of nowhere, speaking a language. I don't know what it is. And just like, Oh man, I only checked in three beers last night, you know, and then like ticking off the things from some sheet of paper that's got a bunch of scribble on it. So sounds like you were doing something maybe more lucid than that. Uh, What were you checking in? I was checking in a very um, unusual beverage for me because I didn't know these were still on the market. It was from a local to me, so 
40 plus minutes away brewery um, in a small little hamlet called Bruthen. And when I mean a small little hamlet, there's like 300 people that live there. And their main attraction is probably that that particular um, brewing conglomerate, which is probably one person, and it's a seven-barrel system. So <laughs> we're talking a tiny little little um, beer place. And um, I checked in an Irish red ale. Did you know those beers still existed and people were still making them? Hmm. And how hazy was it? Tell me more about the, the mouthfeel and the haziness on this particular Irish red ale. DDH Irish red ale or what you got? <laughs> there was a slight bit of haze. I wouldn't call it hop haze. I think they bottle condition now. So I think there was a little bit of yeast sediment. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't bad light, but it, it was red. It had this thing. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with it. It's, it's malt flavor. Oh, yeah. You know, lately I've heard of that more often. Um, although it is funny if you, when you read people's reviews, they refer to like pastry stout as malty. And I'm like, <laughs> you just, you just think malty means sweet, don't you? Yeah. That's cute. Yep. And, or dark. And, and in this case, malty meant malty. This was, this was like. I actually love the taste of red malt. It has this like kind of sweet. Um, Toff, not uh, toffee. Uh, um, but like. Not coffee. It's like there's like a minerality to it that yes. I really enjoy. Yep. Um, and then when you when you get the whatever I don't know what hops they're using, but it gets like this nice sort of I don't know. I've, I think I've had red ales, and for some reason, like Crystal and Chinook stick out to me, and they have this sort of sweet warming taste to them that I really yep. like. I'm not sure whether it had Crystal in it. Not a particularly common hop in Australia. Not not completely out of the realms but i, I definitely yeah, i mean crystal i think i meant crystal malt is oh, probably the more yep. the right thing to say because yeah. there is a crystal hop as well but mm-hmm. yeah definitely had some sort of sea hop whether it was cascade or chinook it, it was definitely in that citrus family not chinook you, has this spicy spicy quality to it or earthy quality a little yeah. bit that i really liked I'm, I'm not sure whether it had that it had more a citrus bite not like in a new hazy sure. this is a very yeah. old school like pale ale twist of citrus in your in your pail kind of yeah. citrus bite but it worked really nicely against that not i didn't think it had a lot of crystal malt it just had darker malts to get that that red color but it was still malty because crystal malt can sort of be over the top in its character and it, it certainly wasn't that it was it was definitely a red ale but it wasn't a crystal bomb if that makes sense. I gave it a 4.0, which I thought was a really good score for something that wasn't expensive and was super easy drinking. And would I buy it again at that price? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, I, there is a red ale um, here in town that I used to get all the time called, uh, it was a rye ale, it was a red rye beer. Um, and they used a little bit of Thai palm sugar which is really funny. And now you actually see that stuff around, but uh, um, I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't smart enough to dis- distinguish the Thai palm sugar. I just remember that it was like 9% alcohol and I drank a whole growler of it once and <laughs> gave myself a nasty hangover, but man, did it taste good. It was by um, two brothers and I can't remember if they're canceled or not, but I gave you some two brothers beer, Tony, but uh, this was um, not this one. And I, I realized, as I said, two brothers i was like were they canceled i can't tell so i don't know if you see uh whatever that beer was named by two brothers red rye beer uh give it a try if if they're not canceled and if they're canceled don't 
don't get it. <laughs> um, so I don't remember though. So, uh, Tony will edit out whichever one is true. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Tony, I drank a beer too. Mine is, uh, mine is not a classic style like, um, red ale. It's, it's, uh, Imperial stout with cocoa nibs, Madagascar, vanilla, almonds, and orange zest instead, which is, uh, also a classic style. I would say, sorry, where's the coconut there? Good sir. I know, dude. I didn't. It didn't have coconut in it. I did just order a new coconut beer, though. So uh, <laughs> we can we can go over that next week. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so how was it? Everything there sounds delicious. It was delicious. It it made me think of like a Toblerone type candy. Um, so almonds were pretty prevalent, but not to the level of like a uh, marzipan. We'll say uh, marzipan taste. Yeah, because um, I know. Uh, Kelly is actually very sensitive to the marzipan or almond paste type flavor. See, I I, I like it. Frangipan, marzipan, any of that stuff, I'm I'm on board with it. That stuff sounds good to me. But uh, the orange was the part I was worried about. You know, citrus will dry beers like this out, especially, and and it can have sort of a antithetal effect on... um, on imperial pastry stout that's meant to be like thick and sweet. It did not. It had, you know, the, you know, those oranges you, you bust open. You ever have those, Tony, those Toblerone oranges that oh, you yeah. smack on the yep. uh, table and they bust into little segments there. Yep. It had that, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as painfully sweet as that chocolate is. Cause I think that chocolate is a little bit, you know, too milky to me, but um, it had that nice orange, you know, light orange taste. Um, that just sort of like made it really easy to drink. So this beer is really delicious. I think I gave it a 4.75 or something. Um, it's rated really high. It's rated, Tony, what do you think the rating is? We love doing this. Okay. So you say it's rated really high. I'm going to say. It, it's rated pretty high. It's not their highest. So for, for burial, it's not, it's certainly the orange has probably got a little, adds a little controversy to it. So, so when you say orange, is it like marmalade orange or just like, Ch- that chocolate coated orange thing so it's not maybe like yeah candied orange zest yep. maybe okay. something like okay. that you know candied orange peel so it doesn't it's not like got too bit of an edge i'm going to say i know you said it was sweet but i, I was thinking that sweetness and you can sometimes have like a candy bitterness that, that comes off slightly wrong i'm going to say 4.37 yeah you're a hundredth off tony it's 4.36 <laughs> there you That's go good nice job yeah, you nailed it. Um, yeah, this is this was killer. It, they, by the way, their their tasting comp was a uh, um, freshly unwrapped chocolate orange truffle, citrusy citrusy flourless tort covered in vanilla cream, followed by a mouthful of almond M and M's. So they did a better job describing it than me. I could have just read that. <laughs> you could have. That sounds w- good though, huh? Yeah. That that for a brewer's description, that seemed. On point from what you sort of verbosely wandered around saying. I would kill for a flourless chocolate tort right now. Damn, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't even want the beer anymore. Just give me the cake. Uh, yeah, hook it up. Now, I did have a couple of bigger beers as well, not just my 4% Irish red ale this week that I, I think are worth discussing. I had, I think you would call one of them a glute beer. Um the other, I'm not sure what you would call it. So the gloop beer was a peaches and cream um, gloop okay. beer from Deeth Brewing. 
absolutely I love delicious. It lactose. The peach, peach gloop. Peach gloop is the the top of the heap for me. It is. It's just got like that peach sourness that just stops it from going over the top sweet. Um, no, no hot bitterness. Oh, just really delicious. Seven percent of that. That was a five star all the way. And the other one I got was a pastry beer, but not a pastry stout. This was a a almost crystal clear. I won't say it was crystal clear, but it wasn't like gloop beer. But it was a vanilla slice beer that came in at twelve percent, also from Deeds Brewing. Are you familiar with a vanilla slice? That's uh, not a, that is not a dessert we have here. Um, we we don't have we don't have anything called that. And I don't. I was looking at what it is. I don't think we have anything quite like it. Okay, so to ex- explain it to our non-Australian friends, a vanilla slice, which is commonly referred to in Australia as a snot block yes you heard it right snot block is Mm. two sheets of puff pastry that sandwich a really solid layer of custard like more solid than creme patissier like a really solid lump of custard and it's then um, sliced up into rectangles or squares and then served at your local bakery it's not a fancy dessert. A snot block will run you four or five bucks. It's it's not expensive. A lot of tradies have them for their smoker. I'm very glad I watched British baking shows so that I could um, decipher. We've already talked about Mars. I've already brought up marzipan and frangipan. You were just talking about creme patissiere. So thank you to Paul Hollywood and team for uh, bringing those to my to my attention. I was never a big pastry understander like like I am now. So firstly, what do you think about the idea of having one of these as your either morning snack or afternoon snack with a with a coffee or a, or a Coke? Okay. Coke? Is that what you said? Like a soda? <laughs> yeah. Coke? Like yep. a pop? Yep. Uh, nah, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't really like, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of done with pop anyways, but, um, but how about with, with coffee? coffee? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, uh, you know, for my, for all of our Swedish pals out there and I know they're out there. Come on. <laughs> um, if you're Swedish and you listen to the show again, beer engine show at gmail.com. Let's talk passports. All right. <laughs> um, uh, I would absolutely get into a fika if you're familiar with that term situation with uh, with some vanilla with a vanilla slice and a and a cup of that nice filter coffee you all got out there. Um, yep. That sounds delicious to me. Coke, Coke, I probably won't do. Well, um, I was just saying that because. But if it's popular, hey, I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll get get behind like a nice real sugar Coke or something with my well, vanilla slice. Yeah, we're gonna talk real sugar, none of this corn sugar bullshit. Cane sugar all the way. But um, no, actually, what it would be more likely served with if somebody was on a hot summer's day on a cool piece of vanilla slice, probably a chocolate M&M, which is just a chocolate milk, but it's just the ubiquitous brand in Australia. That would be one of the many sure. things you would serve it with. Iced coffee, it's delicious with as well. But made for a really interesting beer it coming in at 12%, I will say. No, I, it, I mean, what do you think? Did you, did you like the beer? Beer was it was it was it a, a accurate representation? I feel like I'm talking about the sweets all day now. But. <laughs> this was this was definitely on the sweeter side. It had a bunch of lactose. Okay. It had a bunch of vanilla. It was an accurate representation. Um, I thought it was delicious, um, but twelve percent. I didn't <laughs> didn't understand why they chose twelve percent because it did have a boozy note. When you're getting 
twelve percent, you're not hiding behind barrels or anything more than vanilla. It it gets boozy, yeah. and and that certainly did come across it as boozy. And so it it scored four point five. So really well made beer. Just didn't get those last couple of points. Uh, I've got another example in it. I will enjoy that. And I there's a lot of people that were complaining that it was an artificial vanilla taste. The only time I got that was when it was straight out of the fridge. Let these suckers warm up. It's a twelve percent beer. Yeah, you warm up. Yeah. And it, I was it, saying. I mean, we were talking about this a couple. of weeks ago that uh i don't even i i drink them warmer than i think you're supposed to right i'll i'm i'm you know 55 60 degrees fine by me you know i just don't i uh it's cold enough that's well, that's as long as it's not at perfectly room temp i'm pretty satisfied yeah my issue with this was i'd heard of one person that that had almost like a brett taste with their version they Oof. just think it was a one-off can because they've had the company send out another can free of charge company wow. willing to stand behind it which is excellent customer service and that's great Look yeah that. and i was worried because i didn't know the makeup of this beer whether it was going to be a glute beer and whether it had a bunch of unfermented fruit in it and did i want it turn it into a bomb so i just stuck it in the fridge but i drank it over the course of more than an hour so it well and truly warmed up the first couple of sips took me 20 minutes to allow it to warm up, and then it got really nice and it lost that artificial edge as everything else came in because all you could taste was was vanilla and booze to start with because it was too cold. But as I allowed it to sit and open up, really, really important to, to do that in a beer like this, and it went from like a 3.75 to, to pushing up to 4.75 almost, if I'm going to be that picky about points, but it was a 4.5. Great beer. Tony, I will tell you that you're, you're saying 12.5% is boozy. The beer I was describing was 15%. So, uh, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> we're, did yours look like a Pilsner? Mine looked like a Pilsner. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. You know, the, 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 those sweet, the sweet malt and the chocolate will cover up a lot of boozy airs. But, you, yeah, you pour out 12% of you know, whatever that is, white white stout or whatever this you would call not that, white right? Stout. No. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but it, like a very sweet, light malted beer is gonna yeah. have a they just it's gonna this. have a it's it's gonna have more of an edge to it if it if the adjuncts don't can't cut through it yeah. in any way, you know. They just call this a pastry ale. They don't say white stout and it certainly wasn't a white stout. They there was no white chocolate notes. It just happened to be that to 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 do an Fair representation of this. You have no chocolate in a vanilla slice, so you use no. We got malt. those two. Yeah, we have a brewery here, Maplewood, that makes one that was. Uh, they made one that was called Grammy Cakes, and it was like a graham cracker, you know, type gooey butter cake type of tasting thing. Um, and then uh, they have another one that was like Rice Krispie Treat, I think that uh, wasn't wasn't quite as boozy, but it did it. De- it was like six percent, but boy, it definitely tasted like those things. It was wild. Um, so Tony, uh, we got we got huge response to our segment last week. Um, the the segment you so appropriately named Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News, and so I thought we could bring that back two weeks in a row, Tony, for, for once for a seg. Um, 
But it's so, almost like it is becoming a segment, like a regular segment. This is like, yeah. Look at us turning professional. Yeah, and you could argue that almost half of the show we do is beer news, if we wanted to call it that. But you know, it depends on how much of news you consider the beer I'm drinking to be in the larger world, and. I guess that depends on who you are and, you know, what kind of news watcher you are. Are you, are you banging your fist on the table watching Rachel Maddow and screaming or something? Or are you banging your fist on the table and watching Tucker Carlson and screaming? Or are you banging your fist on the table looking at me checking a beer on Untapped? So whatever makes you the most mad, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm that third person, so. You're, you're, you're screaming. What is he doing now? Do it live! Come on, we're doing it live. <laughs> Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. So today on Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News, uh, I am going a little bit off, off the rails, Tony, for a beer segment, and I have some hot off the presses Celsi news. Uh, for the crew here, is that is that okay if I if I jackknife our seltzer news into the into the beer news segment? Well, I hope so. Under the craft beer association rules, isn't craft selsey applicable as a a alcoholic beverage produced by beer producers? I think so. So I think we can. Well, I think we can jam it into our our beer news segment. But my larger question to you is. Because if we're going to make it a news segment, it has to become like opinion news. Nobody does straight news anymore. Is this podcast still a beer podcast or should it become a seltzer podcast? Um, my, my only concern, Tony, is that uh, if we do a seltzer podcast, we might, um, you know, our large listener base uh, maybe I, I wouldn't call them discouraged. I would say, you know, we might we might run out of. Uh, I guess we might just run out of time with them because they uh, may not be the Celtic crowd, I guess. So I think we're still going to, we can do Celtic. We can be Celtic evangelists, but I think we're going to have to. Um, and I think I'm going to keep saying Celtic because I think it's a good word to use. So um, uh, yeah, I don't know, Tony. I mean, I guess you can, Hey, I'll put up if, <laughs> yet again. If you want to sue me for turning this podcast into a Celtic hour, um, Dude, come on, let's do it. Um, <laughs> send me an email. Uh, so I don't know, Tony. Yeah, sure. Let's make it all seltzer all the time. I don't know how much seltzer content I can come up with, though. This one's pretty good, though. So maybe I can. Maybe it's gonna be easy. Look, we've all talking about becoming the evangelist of seltzer. We're like the Jim Baker of the seltzer world. When you think about it, I've already had the stroke. We're good. I don't know who that is, but um, Jim Baker, the TV evangelist. Tammy Faye oh, okay. Baker. You're, okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I was, see, I was, I was thinking of some Australian fellow. See, you say you know, the thing is I, I Jim Baker first, I think of Creflo dollar and uh, what the hell is that fellow's name? Uh, Joel Osteen or, oh. um, but they've never know, been charged with fraud. Guys. I like my fraud <laughs> well, to be actually charged Creflo, with fraud. Was Creflo dollar not charged with fraud? Oh, he might've maybe been not. <laughs> I know Osteen's still going, so. Uh, yeah, Osteen's still going, yeah. Um, all right, so this nude, nude, here's some nudes for you. Um, Hyper Beer Nudes uh, is here to tell you about uh, a different type of evangelist. Uh, this is our dear friend of the podcast, DJ Khaled. 
it's in the seltzer news this week because um, Bud Light Seltzer is officially expanding its portfolio with three new flavors. And I'm not going to tell you what they are, Tony, because I would be ruining part of our game that we're playing at the end of the show. DJ Khaled knows a thing or two about a good remix, and that's why he's been tapped to make this big announcement. And would you like to... So DJ Khaled, he is now the guy for Bud Light Seltzer. Uh, I'm going to read you his quote because it's very good. Uh, Bud Light Seltzer has it all. The perfect refreshing balance of 5.5% ABV, less than one gram of sugar, and 100 calories. Have you tried it yet? You played yourself, Khaled is quoted as saying in a press release. Now, how much DJ Khaled have you listened to? Are you are you familiar with this fellow in Australia? Do you know? I mean, you got to know who he is, right? I'm slightly familiar with his music. I'm familiar with his stance on women. Um, and I'm familiar with his catchphrase. That I, and of course, he is a man mountain. So if he's talking about one gram of sugar, that is the person, and a hundred calories, that is the person you want to be talking. You're listening to about yeah. uh, about diet beverages, and then. And I got to say that that sentence did read to me as being written and spoken by DJ Khaled. I really didn't catch anything about that. That didn't sound exactly like him. So, um, look, if is Todd Bridges still alive? Because this, this press release could have been written by Todd Bridges, but instead of you played yourself. Oh, well, no, not, not Todd Bridges. If Gary Coleman was still alive, cause he's well and really dead. Um, and you just, Put you played yourself. Get rid of that and put what you're talking about, Willis. It's exactly the same thing. It just just put just put this just put the catchphrase at the end. It didn't Bart matter. Simpson, you know, find a have a cowman. Catchphrase. Jack and I put in there. Yeah, yeah. have a yeah. cowman. Yeah. Hike a yeah. bunga. Don't. <laughs> uh, Ricky Ricky Morgy. I don't know. Do they have a catchphrase? I just just wanted to yell that. Um, Bud Light Seltzer was made for when you want it. Pool day? Yes, sir. Watching the game? You better believe it. You know I only want the best, and Bud Light Seltzer Remix is made with real cane sugar, natural fruit flavors, and no artificial sweeteners with a crisp, clean taste and a unique five-step filtration process. That's a major key. Uh, So DJ Khaled backs the five-step filtration process of Bud Light Seltzer, and so does Griff. Um, Look, they I, replace that. You played yourself with, uh, I don't know, I'm depressed, and you have Griff. You could have said it could have been me being the doing the press release. So um, I think they missed out on a big opportunity there too. The one question I have out of all this, there are a lot of questions, but my main question, what is fake cane sugar if they're making a thing of real cane sugar? I would not tempt the sugar industry in the United States, Tony. So if I, I would not, uh, I would not challenge the sugar um, companies here to try to make a fake cane sugar if they're not already. We we already have so much. There are a lot of different synthetic sugar items here. So uh, I I guess I, I'm not interested in issuing a challenge to say Monsanto to see if they could make a new fake I thing. Am. Um, I am, and and, and come at us. You want to see? Come at us, yeah. Monsanto. Sue us, Monsanto. I'm begging you. Yeah, yet, yet again, another thing that I think would be good for our show is by Monsanto. I would love to. I'm not prepared to get a lawyer, but I would just love for the day, like the one day of of popularity, I would get out of it. It probably make me. Br- it probably break me in, in one second. 
because the fake cane sugar that Monsanto produces right now causes cancer, just like their Roundup. Yeah, I'm positive it does. I actually, before we started this podcast, I was talking to a friend who had to tell me, like, you have to stop buying regular beans. And I'm like, but why? He's like, they have, like, a dangerous amount of Roundup on them. It's like, oh, excellent. I was just trying to eat a black bean, and now I'm getting poisoned. So (laughs) I guess I have to, uh, I guess I have to buy organic beans, which cost, like, three times as much, by the way, for a bag of dried-ass little black bean nuggets oh so you're not you're not getting goya beans in the can yeah i'm boycotting goya beans and i'm sure they feel that's 80 cent you know (laughs) every two weeks that i was doing in 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 uh canned black beans when i forgot to put black beans into the little water to soak or whatever yeah that sounds yep and they're dying now i heard yeah that sounds like such a gross name for any product goya it's like it reminds me of a goita Probably some guy's name from a hundred years ago, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it does sound like goiter. You're yeah. right. Uh, Which then they're gross. Yeah, was, that makes me think of the Seinfeld episode. Me too. Um, <laughs> Size of a football. So, so DJ DJ Collins on Bud Light Seltzer. Um, we actually have never really had a great culture of celebrity beer type people here, and and I don't. Maybe I just am like totally blanking on who was a famous, like a bunch of really famous beer spokespeople we've ever had, but it doesn't seem like we've had a, a lot of them. I don't know if you talk that up to like famous people or athletes here or something don't want to associate themselves with beer, but I don't know if that's true because we have all kinds of rich and famous people who make tequilas or line up with vodka companies and Michael Jordan's got his own tequila now and all that. Maybe beer is too low class or something like that. I don't know. But um, all we got now is Jimmy Butler uh, hyping up Michelob Ultra. And we got, I think we had um, one of the uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, um, who was also uh, promoting it. And I didn't mean to call her that. I just could (laughs) could not think of her name, of course. Um, And I don't even know it was Zoe. I don't know which Kravitz it was singing the thing. It might have been a different Kravitz for all I know. My Kravitz family tree is a little bit busted up these days. I can't remember it. But anyways, uh, Tony, do you guys have any sort of culture of like celebrity beer people? Do do the big famous people in Australia, the Russell Crowe type guys, are they, they, you know, uh, not Russell Crowe. Is he Australian? No, he's New Zealand. He claims to be Australian, but he was born in New Zealand. And he huge, huge, huge jacked man is Australian. That's he, right, right? He is, but he spends all his time promoting somebody else's vodka or gin company. Oh, yeah. See, the rich people get behind the hard liquor. They, they must look like higher, higher end or something <laughs> or wine. But look, we've always had um, sports people promoting alcohol, um, specifically beer. You can look back to some early football ads in the 50s and 60s where footballers would promote beer. Um, cricket is especially synonymous with with beer and beer spokespeople. David Boone, who I think still is the current record holder on the amount of beer consumed um, between Australia, uh, between I think it's Sydney and London, um, he holds the record and great opening Australian batsman and I think still involved with the team as a like board member. Um, he had a um, it was like a plastic figurine but it would shout out at random times and if 
and then you could go online and 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 win a prize. It was it how was many insane. beers was that? I think it's how many beers did he drink in between Sydney and London? What is that? That's twelve hour flight, right? Yeah, About, th- probably. Oh no, it's longer than that. I think it's eighteen or twenty hour flight. Oh my god. Yeah, all right. Because <laughs> it's further than, than the East Coast. So was he just USA. drinking the whole time? Did he sleep? He just <laughs> I can't imagine he did if he broke a record. He's just he's just cranking beers for eighteen hours. Well, I'll set an over under number. I, I know what the number is. I'll set the over under number at thirty five. Right. I'm I'm the only thing I'm I'm not looking it up. I'm looking up how the flight between Sydney and London is so the flight, it's 23 hours and 15, oh, with a stop. Yeah. There nonstop. Is. 19, 19 hours and 19 minutes in the air. Yep. All right. So 19 hours and 19 minutes. How many beers could he drink? Well, I would say he's at least, so what was your over-under number? Hit me the hit 35. Me Are you going to hit me on? 35. 30, yep. Uh, that's less than two an hour. Um, but that's a lot of beer mm, over without sort of over stuff. nineteen hours. Yeah, oh, that's a good number though, Tony. Because thirty-five sounds insane, and it sounds insane if I say over. But I'm gonna say over. Very good guess because it's fifty-four. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. He, uh, what was the Wade Boggs story? Do you know that one, Tony? I don't. Wade the only Boggs Wade, Wade Boggs reference I have is from The Simpsons, where he um, he's involved as as one of the many characters in Mr. Burns's um, team, where where Daryl Strawberry gets bullied. Wade Boggs said he drank 107 beers in a single day. <laughs> I don't think he did. No. Uh, but he did t- he did say that. So uh, baseball players can drink big time. So now it should be known that this is sort of urban legend. David Boone has never confirmed that he holds this record. All his teammates have tried to confirm it and sort of said it. But he, which sort of adds more validity to it. If he was going around saying, "Oh yeah, I hold the record. Look at me," but this is a guy that, especially in his younger days. Um, look up a picture of David Boone. There's no E in Boone, just, um, and you'll get some idea of this. This man was built to drink beer. This is oh, he looks like um, he looks like a mustachioed Ken Bone. You know who <laughs> Ken Bone is? He reminds me of that guy. Ken Bone from what 2016 or was it 2012? Yeah. 2016. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, he yeah, this guy. There's not, nothing. I'm not looking at this guy who looks a little bit like. Wade Boggs and Ken Bone and the guy from the American Choppers or Orange County <laughs> Choppers thing, uh, um, all sort of like stirred up into one person. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe throwing a little Craig Stadler in there too. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> so hey, shout out for that guy, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, so so he had his own figurine, but we also had um, a. A bloke who was who was fairly well regarded in Australia for being somebody that held a fairly high office. In fact, he held the highest office in Australia. He was our prime minister, and not just a, a prime minister for a hot second, like say a Julie Gillard or a Kevin Rudd. This guy actually held his office for nine years, I think, 
Uh, and that's Bob Hawke. He also held this record and I think can can down a yard glass in 17 seconds or something really crazy, um, really quick at sculling, even a couple of years before his death uh, at the SCG at, at 80 plus years old, he was seen um, appeasing the crowd by sculling a beer at tremendous speed. Bob Hawke, and this is after he was Prime Minister, had a beer label um, named after him. Hawk, um, Hawk Brewing or Hawk Lager, uh, which I think is their flagship beer, has his face on the can. It plays, pays tribute to him. He's not just a spokesperson. He is the icon, Bob Hawk. And uh, are they still making these? Actually, this, uh, this lager, this lager kind of sounds pretty decent to me. I would try it. Um, I believe they're still making it. Bob passed away in um, uh, last year, I think. So, but like they're all still available out in the world. So yeah, it looks like they're still making all these beers. Yep. The, the shops. Hey, look solid to me. I would, I would give, I would give these beers a shot. Honestly, I, uh, I if I if, when I when I get to Australia, whenever that is, all things considered, uh, I would get, I would be looking for all the loggers in the whole country. So I'd be hitting hitting this Hawks Lager big time. Sounds kind of good. All Australian ingredients, Aussie style lager with a subtle citrus aroma, light bitterness, and a dry finish. Those are the things I like in a lager. I kind of like a little citrus like hop bite on it. Serve it up, hockey. Give me one of those. Now. Um, We've had other sports people. Um, one that I can think of is David Neitz. Uh, and he's gone a step further. He's created a, a beer label that um, produces a limited-release lager again. It's almost like Australia's design for, for lager temperatures. Um, and, but his beer he specifically re- releases to support an ex-coach of his on his quest to fund research into um, motor neurons disease, which he suffers from. So um, Neil, Neil Danaher is the coach and David Neitz um, releases this beer um, to support that, that um, charity. So that's, that's another celebrity endorsement that we use beer in Australia to, um, to raise funds, of course, which I'm sure you do in the States, but whether you have celebrity people involved, I'm, I'm not sure, other than Will Wheaton, of course. Yeah, whoa, yeah, Will Wheaton, a guy who I didn't actually know when the beer came out because I've never been a part of like this, I don't know, the sci fi community, but had no idea who that guy was until they made that Woot Stout. So I would say our celebrity association with craft beer, especially, or your like good beer, quote unquote, is light to none. You know, Will Wheaton's the most famous guy we can get to get on a bottle. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And of course, you've got people like Mick Fanning, who owns or is a part owner in Belter. That's a good point. Sure, um, we got uh, and then and then we just have our beer celebrities. So now they're all now all those guys are famous for whatever. Like Greg Cook, um, who is famous. I don't know. I guess I knew Greg Cook more than I knew Will Wheaton. So I don't know. <laughs> that's, idiot, that's probably true. Who is the biggest beer celebrity um, in in craft beer? States. Yeah, is it Greg Cook? Uh, is it Garrett Oliver? Which people confuse I mean, with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Depends on, it depends on what level in the nerd world you're into, right? I mean, 
it's probably like Tony McGee, isn't it? The uh, Lagunitas. Oh yeah, feller. Yeah, um, Garrett Oliver is probably the the most like accomplished. I would say um, Matt Brindles. Matt Brindleson is a name I know. Yeah, no, he's but he's a brewer though. I don't I don't think he. <laughs> I think I think he's. I mean, he didn't. He he was at Goose Island when Firestone Walker got founded. He's got yeah. sort of hired away. He he's gone from Goose to Firestone to. Um, I, I think he's still there now, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. I would say it's one of those guys who are at the biggest. You know, it's it's Cook or it's um, the guys who've gotten out front. You know, uh, maybe it's maybe it's Tony McGee. Maybe it's um, it's certainly. I don't think it's I, what's his name, David Grossman. Is that the Sierra Nevada feller? Um, um, no, I don't remember. Ken, Ken Grossman. Ken, Ken Grossman. Sorry, Rex Grossman. I, and I'm not sure. I don't think he's been as like out front or as prevalent of, of in just like the the you know kind of world of beer either. So and neither is like John Hall of of Goose. So I'd say one of those guys. You know, you're like stoner, wild stoner type guys like that that are um, that make a lot of noise. And and frankly, I don't really find either of them particularly interesting at this point. <laughs> Uh, I'm just hanging out with those brew dogs guys, huh? No, just kidding. Um, Tony, I do have one more topic in the hyper beer dork. I already forgot dork shit news. Hyper beer dork shit news. And this is uh, relevant mostly to me, but I think you'll be interested in the beers at least. Uh, the the one beer I used to wait in line for, the one set of beers I used to go wait in lines for, which I certainly won't be doing anymore because they're not going to have lines for it and I don't want to wait in line for it and I'll have to order them online, but it will get me to drive into the city. I think is that revolution brewing has announced their 2021, uh, deep wood lineup. That's is all their barrel age stuff that they're going to be dropping here in the next three to four months. I get super excited for these beers every year. And I thought we could do a quick rundown of these. Okay. Um, so, so how big a range are we talking? Is this like 15 beers or is it like three or four beers? Yeah, this is uh, somewhere between there. It's like eight beers. So. And so they do this They do this every year? It's, yep, they do this every year and they're going to come out over like four or five weekends. Okay. So, so you kind of make it over every four or five weekends. Yep, so it's not something that drops all at once, all eight beers. Nope. Okay, gotcha. It's a lovely opportunity to spend $150 on beer uh i was just looking for more chances to do that i had not been doing that so thank you to revolution for having yet another outlet for my money um all right tony so september 18th uh i will be able to get thundertaker thundertaker is an imperial rye stout aged in blanton's and buffalo trace barrels that were hand selected by Binny's beverage depots bourbon experts (laughs) Um, of course. So I don't really care about any beverage depot bourbon experts, but an Imperial Rye Stout aged in Blanton's and Buffalo Trace Barrels Sounds by Revolution, that, that gets my antenna up. So I'm excited for that. Really good combo. R- pretty simple, but delicious combo. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, October 23, we will get the Sick Deeth, Deeth Star. Um, Josh Deeth is the owner of uh, Revolution, founder of Revolution. That's their that's their classic barrel aged oatmeal stout. Um, it sort of varies between fourteen and fifteen percent. Oh, that's high there for oatmeal cat- stout. That is oh, yeah, sounds delicious. 
is a big monster. Yep, all of these are so good. Uh, Cafe Deeth. So Cafe Deeth is the coffee stout, barrel aged. Um, it's been excellent the last couple of years. This year they used beans from Dark Matter Coffee, one of the higher end third wave roasters in town. And then we got a newbie, Tony. Here's a fun one. This is a new one. Maple Deeth, a imperial stout aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels from Chicago Maple. Uh, this will be a brewery only release. So of course I'll be curbsiding this. I have been up and down on maple beers, Tony. So, what do you th- what do you think of these? I'm kind of confused by the the maple beer. Is is that what they age the maple syrup in those barrels, or how how does the maple syrup get introduced into this? So, it is likely a bourbon barrel that had like you know I don't know who's bourbon in it. I couldn't tell you. Uh, someone Buffalo Trace, for example. Yeah. Um, then they put maple syrup in it for you know, however long it takes to age maple syrup. I don't know. It's sweet. So what could it take? Three, three to six months, you would guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, they dump that and then they put fucking stout in it for okay, 12 to delicious. 18 months. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah. So I will be getting that, uh, even though I'm a little, I'm not skeptical of maple. I've just had mixed results well, with maple beers, but if anyone, if anyone can pull it off, it's going to be revolution. Yeah. Depends what you want out of them. I think this will be a fairly subtle example of, of, of maple, but I think it'll, it'll more likely be a little bit of maple with a lot of barrel. And, and that's a good combo. When people try and do straight maple beers, that's when it's yeah really weird. Yes, exactly. Yep. So November 20th, this is the, this is the, in these next two releases are, are, uh, you know, full, Full mast, Tony. That's me. I am. I am walking in there, I'm crunching, crunching my legs together, trying not to show off my, my little, my little uh, wee wee there, uh, getting hard from all these delicious barrel aged beers. But uh, <laughs> my all time, my all time favorite uh, year, uh, annual release <clears throat> is Straight Jacket. And Straight Jacket, Revolution's English Barley Wine, it's won medals at FOBAB, GABF. Every year it wins something at FOBAB, it feels like. It's uh, another one that swings between 14.5% and 15.5%. It is straight up caramel, toffee, bourbon juice, um, and it's amazing every single year. So I'll, of course, be getting another batch of that. And this stuff distributes to your local liquor store too. So you just go get some if you want also. And that's the most amazing thing about Straight Jacket is you can just go buy some at the local joint and it'll sit there for a while too. They have a lot of it. Um. Honey Jacket. Honey Jacket is an excellent beer. Honey Jacket is a bourbon barrel aged barley wine with honey from the beehive top of the roof of their Kedzie uh, Avenue Brewery. So that's the that's the straight jacket with honey, essentially. So are they just using that to boost the gravity, or do you get some honey flavor? You get honey flavor. You get distinct cool. honey flavor. They're they're adding it somewhere later to yep. give you a distinct like, like floral, but sweet and kind of distinct that distinct sort of honey sweetness. You know, because I'm not sure it's hard to describe it's- honey as tasting like but honey, I can't come up with a good word to describe how honey tastes. Yeah, it tastes like honey. It's not all like familiar with it. it tastes like honey. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, 
thing that we saw in the early days of like going away or well no it was the big macros trying to sort of um put different flavors on tap was like honey added to beers bees knees was one in australia that um they they promoted and i think it was a cub product and it was it just tasted like a, a lighter like an american light beer where it was it was lower carbs because they'd, they'd thinned it with um honey rather than than the extra malt that would normally go into a beer so um i'm not sure whether that was a thing in the states or it's it's really just a craft thing over there but uh, that was something certainly the macros tried to do we have we've had hun- beers with honey but i they never come, i don't know they come out weird more synthetic tasting somehow because nobody uses like real good honey or quality in any way. Right. I mean, uh, you can, you, honey can be made in a poor enough way that it will just taste like corn syrup, you know, it has nothing distinctive about it. So, um, this, this has much more distinctive honey taste. It's clearly, you know, there's a honey addition to this. You can tell, um, the last one for that release is deep by cherries. Um, oh, this, this one is exciting. Is, going to be a big big one for me yeah i told you this one's i'm telling you i'm going to be i'm going to be sort of waddling in there it's going to be real weird i'm just joking i won't and no, nobody's going to be impressed by anything i wouldn't even know it nobody be able to tell um deeth by cherries released in 2017 is a fruited variant of deeth star aged in bourbon barrels with cherries um that's it killer you know going to be great Great every time they release it, every couple of years. I, I, I was sort of worried when you were talking about the amount of different variants and, and different things, that uh, adjuncts that they were talking about putting into this, but it sounds like they're, the reason they've got so many different variants is they're fairly focused in the different variants rather than having a cherry beer and then a cherry chocolate beer and then a cherry chocolate beer with whipped cream. They're, they're just picking one ingredient and highlighting that or one adjunct, whether it be bourbon barrel or or maple syrup or chocolates or, or cherries or coffee. And so that, that leads to their eight eight or so varieties. Um, and I was really worried about when, when you started talking about that because I think a good example of that going wrong is, is Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. They've got 35 different variants and the only one that's really good is the original. Exactly. Yeah, don't get me started on that. All right, so here's the last, the, well, it's the last release day of 2020. Uh, this one is in December, and again, this is another one. These were, This is one that I know I'm spending $150. I'm just looking at these three beers, and I say, nuts. And really, the price of each four-pack is not bad. So it's cans, and a four-pack of cans of these high-end stouts will max out, maybe for Deep by Cherries because of the price of cherries. Yep. It'll max out at 35 bucks, probably, oh, maybe a $40 pack. So, yeah, you're getting 32 – or, sorry, 48 ounces of these high-end stouts for 35 to 40 bucks. And if, if you know what I've spent on barrel-aged stout on this podcast, you know, uh, boy, I would, I would love to be able to do that. I just spent $22 on a um- – Yep. Uh, yeah, 16 ounce right beer. So last, the last uh, release of 2020 is uh, Rye Way to Heaven. Rye Way to Heaven is an all-time classic, a uh, favorite of mine. Rye wine aged in rye and bourbon barrels. Um, Mineshaft Gap, that is str- essentially straight jacket aged in cognac barrels instead of bourbon barrels. 
And that doesn't sound amazing right off the bat, but you realize that they're cognac barrels that were former bourbon barrels also. Um, so they have a very distinct, it's excellent. This is a sweeter, this kind of sweet bourbon flavor. And then this one is a big, exciting one to get in cans again. This is the blue label double barrel VSOD. VSOD stands for very special old, old Deeth. This is Deeth star to the extreme. It is a, uh, a year it spends a year in barrels like D star. And then they pick the best of those barrels and it spends an additional year in specially chosen D star barrels and is finished in Weller special reserve and Weller 10 year barrels DBVSOD. So that's a great release. And I just look at those three and I'm like, uh Oh, you know, that's going to be bad for me. Um, <laughs> or, or really good. Dangerous. And then uh, there's one release next year. They only have one beer ready for that, and that's the Apple Brandy Ryeway. So that's Ryeway to Heaven, the Rye aged in Apple Brandy barrels. I don't know how to feel about that yet. I Some people love the Apple Brandy barrel stuff. There's been a lot of it lately from Prairie, uh, notably, and other breweries. So I'm, I'm sort of uncertain on that. I don't always love any apple flavors at all. I kind of, de- I feel off flavor detection radar going off every yep. time I taste apple in a beer. So, um, but again, revolution gets it right every single time. So I'm willing to give them a shot. on. So that's the lineup, Tony. It, it sounds amazing. I am very excited. I've been uh, sort of, you know, trying not to start sweating and, and sort of, <laughs> you know, crossing my leg time so it's a uh, it's of course an uncomfortable feeling but we'll, we'll um tony i'll maybe 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 by then i'll have worked up the uh the heart to ship you some beer we'll give it a shot well that would be amazing good sir if we can ever achieve that because we all know how slow uh the u.s postal service is um yeah, let's be that for a while yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows when it'll get to australia and Australia. You know, if they could make a profit, Tony, I would feel, <laughs> you know, I don't know. One. Yeah, even though they're enshrined in your constitution that they're not going to make a, bar- a, a profit. But uh. well, well, how do services work, Tony? I don't understand. <laughs> um, so, Tony, I got, uh, I got one more thing for us to do here on the, uh, on the show for today. Um, and get excited because... We are bringing back our most popular game, according to me. It's a very special edition of Two Brews and a Lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Um, So this is what I'm calling the Seltzy edition of Two Brews and a Lie. We've talked a little bit about seltzer today. Then we talked for a long time about barrel-aged stout, which maybe if 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 there were like the you know, the four quadrant, the uh, two by two grid of, of various single serving alcoholic beverages. I think uh, maybe maybe barrel aged stout and and seltzers would be on the opposite sides of each other. I is barrel aged so. stout authoritarian right or is seltzer authoritarian right? I don't know. You know, we could debate that maybe later. Uh, Celsi um, is definitely um, on the right, but it's a libertarian think- right. Okay, so you think seltzer is like, oh, okay, I get you. So seltzer, yeah, seltzer is like a Rand Paul. Rand yeah. Paul is in his backyard getting his ass kicked by that by his neighbor with his, you know, Bud Light seltzer hard uh, black cherry on, on the table next to him. 
Absolutely. That that's that's yeah. how I see that going down. And yeah, that's I think and um and definitely <laughs> and because um stouts um were exported to the um to the Russian elite um yeah well, they're definitely on the left even though it was during the time of Russian aristocracy <laughs> before they were overthrown by by Lenin and his yeah. his his mob so, Nicholas II or whatever the guy yeah <laughs> That, um, that would be his modern branding rather than Nicholas II. He would, if he was around today, he would be Nicholas, Nicholas II. II. Yeah, electric boogaloo. Um, <laughs> all right, so I got, uh, I got. <laughs> so as usual, two brews and a lie. I got three rounds for Tony. Um, two of these uh, Celtics are are real, and one of them is fake. We'll do it three times, and you have to tell me which one is fake, all right? So I'll read you three of them. You can kind of, I don't know, react or riff to, riff to them if you want, and then, and then you have to guess, you have to guess which, one, which, one is, uh, which one is fake. Are you ready? I am ready, but I do think this is going to be my toughest two brews and a lie. Well, I hope I'm- See, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. I think I might have been getting too funny with these because I was just trying. To, I was. I, I kept thinking of things that I wish existed because they'd be really funny if they were real, but I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> so it's hard to cover up. So here we go. All right. So some of these are our cr- craft makers. Some of these are not. So you just, you know, we'll kind of. We're not going to separate that. We're just going to mix them all together. Yep. Okay. I got you. You're just going to so, give me the, the the name or description, and that's it. Not going to. Yep, I'll give me. you a name. I'll give you a description. Um, there's not a lot of notes on these. People are not doing the beer MFA guy thing where they're writing like Walt Whitman poems about the beer. You know, they kind of have pretty straightforward descriptions. All right. So here's one from a a seltzer maker named Bon Viv. Bon Viv is one of the, I'd say like larger companies that's making seltzer here. Um, not, not, I would not call this a craft brewer, quote unquote. (laughs) Okay. And this is a uh, Bon Viv Clementine Hibiscus. And a, the description says, oh, yeah, sorry. What a weird combination, Clementine yeah, and Clementine Hibiscus. A little bit fruity, a little bit floral, Clementine Hibiscus captures the notes of a golden summer sunset in one refreshing spiked seltzer. Okay. Yeah, this, this, this is not something I imagine you imagining that you want existing. So this one's not looking good. <laughs> So number four, uh, number two, sorry, number four. <laughs> number four. Number <laughs> hey, which one? You got number four here? All right. I blacked out. Sorry. Uh, number two is uh, evil water, sour cherry, vanilla, and oak. So this, yeah, this is you. This is, this is looking like you. Evil water, sour cherry, vanilla, and oak. This is brewed with oak spirals, vanilla, and sour cherries. Tart, lightly sweet, with a kick of oak, spritz and light. See the so that's the thing that throws me off is if I think you were going to make this up, you wouldn't use oak spirals. You would say oak barrels. You might not go into a description of of where those oak barrels are from, but when oak, oak spirals are used in the descriptor, it says could be real. So I'm on the fence with that one. Or could be homebrew, but it can't be homebrew because I. Because I, I said you it have wasn't. a rule against homebrew. How can it be homebrew? homebrew yeah, these are not homebrew, of course. Truly, chocolate raspberry. 
this is ripe, refreshing California raspberries mixed with a hint of real Brazilian dark chocolate. This needs to exist. This does not exist. This is the one you made up. I want it to exist. I'm, 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 I'm visioning. I'm secreting this into into uh, the world. I want this to exist. This sounds not delicious, but Jesus, it sounds interesting. All right. So you're saying truly chocolate raspberry is fake. Is is the lie? Is the lie? I'm not saying it's fake. It is the lie at this this stage. All right, Tony, you're right. Truly chocolate yes. raspberry does not exist. Um, I did get it. I got it wrapped in my head, the idea of a chocolate seltzer, because it sounded very um, funny to me to have one. So, uh, <laughs> See, <laughs> and I told this to Kelly, and she thought that sounded absolutely awful. Um, so I, I want it more now to, yeah. to happen. So. See, here's why it doesn't sound gross to me, an egg flip. Are you familiar with an egg flip out of New York? Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, you're, you, I, I got, I got, uh, hold up is all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> Next round two, round two. All right. So here's, here's your first one around two. You, you nailed it on the, on the first go around. Let's see what you got now. All right. Uh, this is the Natural Light Catalina Lime Mixer, a delicious and easy-drinking hard seltzer. When cherry and lime become best friends, we all win. Get ready for these refreshing and tasty flavors to rock your world. So that's the Natural Light Catalina Lime Mixer. That, that sounds... I, I'm not sure whether it's real or not. I know you used a brand name, but you could use me to fool that. But I tell you what, the the perfect um, accompaniment for that is that sounds like you need to be ordering some Sonic, and I think that would be the perfect beverage to have with some Sonic takeaway. Like a limeade, sure. Yeah, yeah hard, hard limeade. All right, so here's your next one. I got another one from our Bon Viv. This is Bon Viv Coffee and Orange. Uh, the pick me up you need for your Sunday brunch, like a, like a sweetened iced coffee with a finishing kick of bright citrus pairs best with friends. So that's the Viv coffee and orange. This round is much tougher. I, I feel like that is a you description, but it's, it's so on the nose. It could also be real. And we, we saw the first description from Bon Vivant and, um, yeah, they're, that that also falls in line with them. And the next one you have is from Fair State Brewing Co-op. This is actually a, a craft brewery um, here in the Midwest. And this is, is just says lemon, lemongrass and ginger. Oh, that's that's clean and that would be a craft flavor. That on a hot or even like a spring or autumn day, that sounds Delightful. Now I can see why you're into the craft Celsi or even the non-craft Celsi. Um, this is a tough round. That last description was was very, very clean. Um, but I don't think you got that lazy in writing it. So I'm going to rule that one out. It comes down to the first two. Is that natty flavor a real flavor? I think it should be, but I don't think it is. I think it's overlooked. So I'm going to say that it's beer number one, 
that is okay. the fake beer and it needs to exist. Uh, Tony, uh, that is incorrect. Uh, oh. The one I made was the Bon Viv Coffee and Orange. Um, I thought it was just wacky enough where it would exist. That yeah, me and that's and that's see now you now you see where I'm going here. Yeah. Now the Catalina Lime Mixer, I love it too. I'm gonna try to get it um, uh, because hey, Natty Light never done me wrong before, right? Uh, <laughs> other than tasting bad. And Natterday's giving me a headache and kind of making me throw up once. But otherwise, I've been great with it. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you caught the Step Brothers references mixed into there. No, I with did the not. Catalina Lime Mixer. Yeah, those are all in there. So they got you know Catal- the Catalina Lime Mixer, the uh, Catalina Wine Mixer from Step Brothers, and they mixed a couple other little bits in there too. So. That one is real. Uh, bon Viv Coffee and Orange is fake. Um, and the Fair State Brewing one sounds delicious. It You're does. exactly right. Yep. Uh, last round, you're, you're one for two. All right. So uh, here we go. Uh, round three. First, first beer, first Celtic. This is from Vizzy. Vizzy is the Miller, Miller brand um, gotcha. seltzer. Right. Yep. So Vizzy blueberry pomegranate with antioxidant vitamin C. You don't want this to exist. This thing's real. Keep going though. Uh, we took the rich velvety taste of blueberries and paired it with smooth pomegranate to create this mind blowing natural flavor for busy hard seltzer. Grab one and let it, let your taste buds frolic in this fruity blend of delicious natural flavors. Nope, that exists, and that sounds awful. I'm, I'm sure it tastes fine, but that description is corporate AF. All right, uh, so here's the next one. This is uh, Evil Water. Evil Water is back with their chocolate egg cream. <laughs> uh, this is brewed with milk sugar, cocoa nibs, and chocolate sauce. Forward flavors of chocolate and vanilla cream, rich yet spritzy. See, uh, <laughs> the thing that's throwing me off is the ingredient list. That is like a you ingredient list. Could it exist? Yes. Should it exist? Yes. But that ingredient list is a you ingredient list. So that's my ears are they're they're up. That's a warning. So here's, here's number here's number three. This is from the uh, the Seltzer Kings at Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer Tropical. Our tropical flavor mixes pineapple and mango with the refreshing kick of a sai, and that's all I got from them. So, no there's DJ your- Khaled like tagline. No DJ Khaled did not come in with a uh, you playing yourself or whatever you would. Um, so, Tony, between, uh, you know, vitamin C, chocolate egg creams, and tropical seltzer, who's, who's the lie? The lie is the middle one because you said at the start, this is stuff that you want to exist. That ingredient list was very you. I want that to exist, and I think you want that to exist as well. Uh, well, you're right. I do want the chocolate egg cream to exist to exist on my desk and I 
can't make it, even though it does really exist <laughs> at Evil Water. Uh, so the chocolate egg cream is real. Bud Light Seltzer Tropical is fake. Um, <laughs> they Bud, Light Seltzer, Bud Light Seltzer Tropical was me just riffing on the idea of DJ Cat with a seltzer. Um, and I'm not sure he'd come up with a Sai, but I feel like some <laughs> marketing guy would throw it in there. Uh, Bud Light, Bud Light seltzers are actually mainly like just one fruit taste. Um, so I thought the tropical one kind of sounded funny. I was hoping the vitamin C one would throw you cause it just seems so weird that, uh, <laughs> you seem to, you seem to detect me bullshitting on that one right away. Uh, because, uh, that is real though. And Vizzy, all of seltzers have vitamin C in them. Um, so if you're looking to do the immune boost or whatever, while you, while you get drunk, uh, maybe a, maybe a dumb idea, let me say, um, you can get yourself some, some Vizzies and they don't sound good either. They sound nasty. What is a smooth pomegranate? Aren't pomegranates all seedy and shit? I don't really they are seedy and they, they're tart. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I know they're known for being sharp. So whatever. So Tony, uh, you went. Oh, you only went one for three. Oh, my God. You've been destroying the games. This is my payback for you uh, totally obliterating me at roller coaster beer on uh, this or that or the other thing. So, Well, um, it still gets me in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying. That's true. One for three. One for three will lock you in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. So, uh, Tony, we uh, – oh, my God. We did two segments in the same show. Um and and both of them repeat, so we did not just throw everything in the garbage. Right, deserve a pat on the back, a uh, a thumbs up, and a we deserve to be set free from our shackles and move on with our day. What do you think? Uh, well, thanks to the crowd. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of our great listeners, uh, especially the ones that sue us and write us emails about it. So, if you would like to write us an email. Or you would like to send your lawyers after us, or you would like to complain about me uh, being a stan for uh, America's labor, you can send us an email at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Peep us on Instagram. I said I was going to start a Reels, and I lied. I'm not going to do it, but I might do it. So I might do it still, though. So if you want to keep an eye on us in case we're going to do it, um, you can go to uh, Beer Engine Pod. On Instagram, uh, I am Griff AD on Untapped. You can look at my stouts I'm drinking and stuff. And actually, it's about to be a lot of Oktoberfest beer because I've been drinking these things left and right and not checking them in. Tony is St. Ma's on Untapped. You can look at all the different Australian desserts that he's drinking. Look for this week a Lark Barrel Aged Imperial Stout that I'll be checking in. That beer cost me $23. Wow. And and convert that to the U.S. and really about a third of what I've been paying for Stoutland. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like $7. Yeah, it kind of makes me feel stupid. So, um, Tony, uh, I appreciate your uh, willingness to lose a game to make me feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, to the rest of the audience, I will thank you for uh, enjoying our nonsense for another week. All right, later on.